Have you ever gone to a store and you wanted to get some nerd decor to decorate your home, but you couldn't find it? Maybe a Dragon Ball Z photo on the wall or a My Hair Academia pot to put your flowers in. Well, I have some good news. This is Benjamin Banks from the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks podcast, and I love to tell you about Nerdy Crafts by Tiny T. Tiny T, she specializes in creating nerd decor, paintings, floor arrangements, and seasonal nerd decor for the holiday season. You can check out all of her products on the links that we provide at the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks page. And if you use the code Leveling Up, you will get 10% off. So go ahead and head over to her website and use that 10% off code and decorate your home with any type of nerd decor that you would love to put in there. You can find her on Etsy.com slash shop slash nerdy crafts by Tiny T. And again, like I said, make sure that you use that code leveling up so that way you can get 10% off of your items. Go ahead and start decorating that home. Peace. Hey, what's up, everybody? You are listening to a brand new episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks with your hero, Benjamin Banks, and my co-host, Rebellious D and Trav. How are you fellas doing today? Ready to rock. Hey, yeah, we chilling, bro. Oh, yeah, let's, let's rock and roll, baby. Always, man. It's good to hear you guys' voices again, and I just want to say thank you, everybody, for listening to our podcast and for checking us out every week. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest. He is a phenomenal voice actor who has been in a bunch of stuff. And I'm happy that, uh, you know, when I slid in his DMs, like we always say up here on the podcast, he responded back. And that is Mr. Mark Allen Jr. So let's go ahead and give him a call. But before we start this interview with him, here's a word from our sponsors. That's right. We want to thank Golden Ink Tattoo for always sponsoring the podcast. You can find them at 3109 Airline Boulevard in Portsmouth, Virginia. You can give them a call at 757-465-1010 and book an appointment with Denise, Kitty, Jay, or their brand new tattoo artist, Kane, spelled like Kanye. Also, mentioning up Leveling Up Banks will get you a 10% discount off your tattoo. So make sure you mention up Leveling Up Banks to get 10% off your tattoo. Hey, what's hey, going on, what's man? up, Mark? Hey, hey, guys. How you doing? We're Pretty doing good, really man. good, man. Uh, I yeah. want to apologize profusely for that. I'm so very sorry. Oh, yeah, no worries, man. Hey, no, hey Mark. I was forgiven with the, uh, oh, yeah. the cloud poster. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All is forgiven. Yeah, you're good, man. Hey, look, we usually have uh, problems up here on the podcast, and... Luckily, um, we've been doing pretty well so far. So thank you again for uh, giving us some time to record Sir, our review and whatnot. You're, you're, you, you've caught me off guard with your <laughs> TV in the background there. It's the the, the slideshow. Uh, well, slide Welcome to the slideshow. Well done. Thank yeah, you, sir. Man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Oh, man. Yeah. So, hey, again, thank you for joining us and being a guest up here, man. Like I said in the intro, I appreciate you uh you know responding back to me after i slid in your dms yeah no problem dude i'm i like to consider myself a fairly open person so i try to respond to anybody who gets at me so nice yeah nice it's a good nice, way to nice. be man yeah. for now yeah oh yeah for now you're right yeah. for now but there may I come mean, a time when i might have to stop doing that oh but I'm for sure. now so far oh, no creepers yeah. we're doing okay so <laughs> 
Oh, man, I know all about the creepers, man. So it's it's crazy. It's crazy some uh, stories that you get. I mean, but since we're talking about the creepers, you got any crazy stories? About creepers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, let them know, man. Not mine. I don't have any. Um, oh, good. I've been, I've been fortunate enough to not have been successful enough yet to worry about creepers. <laughs> um, but I have, on occasion, had to play security guard for some friends. Mm. Um where, you know, we, we might both be at a con and uh, someone's just really kind of creeping them out. I am yeah. not a very big person, but I'm 6'4", so I'm tall. Uh, you got so some I can, size to you. Yeah, yeah. I can, and, I can loom a little bit. That. Now, Mark, I got to ask, you're 6'4", what do you run? I mean, what's your weight? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Give me a ballpark. I'll you tell you what I was four. at my healthiest. Okay. I was 188 <laughs> at my healthiest. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you probably got some length to you. I am yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> my mean. my mm-hmm. arms are longer than my legs, but I am also mostly leg. So figure mm-hmm. that one out. Oh yeah, <laughs> you got it that. Uh, is that ready to rumble reach? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why I said I need the stats. Don't give me part of it. <laughs> give me all the stats. What was his name? Uh, was it? It wasn't Afro Thunder, was it? Yeah, no, no, no. It Afro was. Thunder. Yeah, yeah. No, Afro just... Thunder didn't have the reach. I'm talking about. Remember, it was like the big, big dude. His arm. His arm reach was like 99 or whatever. Well, trash. He was one look. of the bombs. Yeah, but I, I have these little noodle arms, so oh, it's yeah. just trash. length. I'm basically black slender man. So, well, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Trav, man, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Don't nobody remember anybody from Ready to Thump. I mean, Ooh, Ready to Rumble lying. besides. Huh? You're not lying. Yeah, I'm just I lying. only remember Afro Thunder, man. Yeah, because well, he callback. was on the cover, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep, he was yeah. on the cover. And everybody thought that Chris Rock voiced him. Did I didn't he? think that. No, no he didn't. <laughs> no, I, no, like he like Afro Thunder sounded like Chris Rock. And like that's why there was a, a Easter egg and head of state where Chris Rock and Bernie Mac, they were playing Ready to Rumble. And, oh, really? And Chris Rock was playing as Afro Thunder. Oh, like wow. when I was a kid, I thought that. Chris Rock voiced him. It, I mean, same thing like, uh, what was it, Ozzy and Drake? Because Chris Rock voiced Ozzy and Osmosis Jones, but mm-hmm. in the TV show, he didn't voice him. I, I believe it was Phil Lamar who voiced him. I think him it was the, Phil, yeah. In the TV show. But, Doing um, his but best voice that's match when, impression. That's when they so. would turn every movie into a TV show. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But they couldn't afford to bring the uh, movie stars yeah, into exactly. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they didn't have that Marvel money because oh, you know what yeah, that Marvel, that Marvel one money. is. They bring it in. They Marvel bring it in didn't the even have Marvel money back then. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you. They had no money. Yeah, <laughs> they they Marvel, yeah. That's that's how we got the uh, Spider-Man movies, right? Because yeah. Marvel was like, we really need money. Sony was like, what if you sell us the rights to Spider-Man to make movies? And Marvel was like, yeah, yes, give us money, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they yeah. got it on a steal. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yes, they did. That's the reason why Sony will never let that up. I, don't yeah, know, I remember Marvel. like. They got a hey, yeah. look at yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I think Sony would let it go. Sometimes you got to do I it. I mean, I know that they said if, oh, um, yeah. if, if Disney, Fox will sell, Sony but no, will sell. The difference is Fox needed to sell. Yeah, Fox, yep. yeah, Fox needed Sony to sell. Sony is not man. in trouble. So Not yet. I mean, they still I have mean, PlayStation, so yeah. they're good. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying they might sell Spider-Man back, but it might be like a four times what they, you know, what of they course. bought it for, you know, yeah. obviously make a profit. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you got to count inflation. Oh, yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? So, of course. But, hey, Mark, so um, starting off, tell everybody that's listening, what is your origin story? Who is Mark Allen Jr.? 
Uh, well, in 1988, a uh, very small oblong spaceship uh, crashed yes, into yes! the <laughs> mountains just north of Los Angeles, California. Um, and while my father was having this fever dream, I was born. Um, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, no, I, I was uh, born and raised in Los Angeles, California. Um, and uh, I kind of had the entertainment bug as a kid, but not really didn't really have ambitions of being an actor. Um, I just like making people laugh, uh, being weird and, and seeing I would dance, I would do slapstick and just whatever made people laugh. Um, I actually was really heavy in the sciences uh, all the way through high school. Um, but my senior year in high school, I finally got bit by the acting bug. I had taken a musical theater class in junior year um, and kind of enjoyed where that was. And my senior year, I took acting. I also uh, was involved in a high school improv group, nice. um, which was really the thing that, that led me to even get involved in, in voiceover, honestly. Um, it kind of all traces back to improvised comedy and uh, sort of that style of, of acting on your toes. Um, and I kind of just ran with it after that. Uh, started doing a lot of stuff uh, in college. I, I uh, was an acting major um, through a mutual friend, I met Christina Valenzuela, um, also known as Christina V. Um, and she gave me a lot of the tools that I needed to, to get started, start, you know, working on my craft, uh, getting uh, contacts with people who might be able to give me opportunities. Um, and just to discover, you know, ways that I could do things with my voice. Um, I've never really had the confidence to be an on-camera actor. Um, and I have stage fright. So uh, voiceover was, was sort of a, a, a wonderful safe spot to be able to satisfy all the things that I need to do as an actor um, without all of the things that make me uncomfortable as a human being. So I know that nice. feeling. Pretty good origin story. And <laughs> yeah, man. thank you. Thank you for starring it off the way that you of did. Course. Like, I'll say that like all of our guests that we've been having up here, like they always start off with, like I was born in a in a lake, or <laughs> I, I, I was born in a cave, or some some crazy in a galaxy intro. far, and I, far I, away. Right. And it, yeah, and it's I, I love that. <laughs> so thank you for doing that, Absolutely. man. Absolutely, it's only the truth. So it's only the truth. <laughs> D, you can go ahead with the next question. Um, hmm. I don't want to go too far in yet, but uh... that's what she said. Woo! <laughs> wow, one. Now that that's out of the way. That's uh, one. Yeah, that's one. Uh, Mark, I mean, I'm gonna keep this nice and light. Are you a, a Final Fantasy fan? How big I of am. a fan are you? I, I am. I am the kind of fan that uh, doesn't have a lot of merch because I never had a lot of money. But yep. Um, no, I'm a I'm a big fan of the Final Fantasy series. Uh, okay. Final Fantasy X was, and still is my favorite Final okay. Fantasy. Nice. Um, it was the nice first pick. one that I actually owned. So I yes. had played Final Fantasy VII. Yep. Um, at my cousin's house. Yep. Um, but only for a little bit. I think he was on like disc two when I went over there. So I was already kind of behind the story. Mm -hmm. um, I had played Final Fantasy VI. Um, and that was a rental uh, for a little while. And then okay. finally Christmas came in the year. Probably, oh God, that was probably 2001. Yeah. Um, I got a PlayStation 2. My mom got us Final Fantasy X. And I was I was off. <laughs> I was, nice, nice. I I love talking about Blitzball in particular. I played uh -huh. more yes. Blitzball than the main game, mm -hmm. even though I've beaten the main game several times. If they would just release a Blitzball game, yeah, yeah. I was, I've heard that before. I've, I've heard that many times. I've always before. said that about the Triple Triad. 
I need like a triple triad, just like well, mobile but, I mean, app game. The thing about it is like there's tons of of card based battle games yep, now, right now. And yep. so you can kind of get your triple triad buzz from other sources. There's nothing like Blitzball. Right. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it's no. like it's like soccer and 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 uh, football, football and yeah, wrestling, yeah. like all kind of fused together. Everyone has special skills. You can yep. like poison people when you attack them. There's the jet shot, which is the yes. greatest thing that was yeah. ever created. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love Blitzball. Now, let I want to be a Blitzball this. when I grow up. So mm-hmm. let me ask you this, Mark. <laughs> when you first learned the jet shot, did you get it the first time? Because remember, absolutely you had to, not. And anyone tells you that you did it, it's like it caught you off guard. It was just like, oh, I didn't know I had to it's push the, the only quick time way. event in the whole game. Yeah, yeah. You have no warning. You're just like, oh, this is gonna be a great cutscene where you like you get to see him learn it, and then there's just a button on the screen, you're like scrambling for the controller trying to find it. Mm-hmm. No, I absolutely did not get it the first. Time. <laughs> yeah, and it, it sucked because it's like if you failed. Like you couldn't do it over again. No. It's like you had to reload the you game. You have to learn it from someone mm-hmm. else in the game. Yeah. And I, I think, do I? I do. I still have the Primo strategy guide nice. wow. that I bought because I was like, I need to know who I can learn this from because I'm never going to get another chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey man, if you, got the bag, if you got the bag of goodies, you know, you know share them. Yeah, show them. Oh, yeah. The bag hey. of, oh, God. Let me. Ah, oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Danny's about to break up in here. Uh-huh. Danny going to come <laughs> through the Sad. door. <laughs> is uh is that the strategy guy? Uh-huh. It's not much by way of bags of goodies, but uh <laughs> uh wasn't was it Primo? Prim- no, it's Brady Games. Mm. Brady Games, wow. Final yeah. Fantasy 10 strategy, strategy yeah. guide. This is a thick yeah. boy. Oh, yeah. I-, I wish I still and had And then it. the even thicker Final Fantasy 13, mm. uh, which is my other favorite of the series. I see you shaking your head. Don't shake your head. <laughs> that game was amazing. Uh, I was no, just talking about know. strategy guide. <laughs> Well, this one, like, this is more than just a strategy guide. This is like mm-hmm. an art book. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. Kind of like massive. There's like 500 pages in here or something. I've um, got that at the midnight launch, which was one of the oh, only yeah. midnight good launches old, I ever uh, Good See, old midnight launches. Hold on, Banks. Remember those you... guys in the before oh, yeah. time? Yeah, oh, yeah, those. man. Hey, Banks, before you really get into it, I do want to say that I could not wait for Final Fantasy 13 to come out. And I got to say, I was a little let down. But this is why I, it's not the storyline. It was how linear the game exactly. was. Exactly. So yeah, everyone exactly. says that, and I, I like you, so I'm not going to attack you with this. But uh, usually no, my response it. is... Come at me, bro. Come at I me, find, bro. <laughs> I, I find that the people who say that Final Fantasy 13 was too linear are also the people who say Final Fantasy 7 is their favorite. Mm. which is ironic to me because final fantasy 7 is probably the most linear game in the series see now the neat. funny thing about that is trav's favorite no trav's favorite is final fantasy 8 mine is final fantasy 9 9 is the only one i haven't played oh nine wow. yeah. it's, it's nine on my list incredible. i just i don't have the time to play anymore yeah. but yeah. <laughs> um yeah no because like legitimately in final fantasy 7 it's kind of like you are here go there yeah, here, yeah, yeah, for sure. There. I um, think seven's the most overrated Final Fantasy of all time. I would, I would say that is true, but also I think well deserved. It is a very good game. Yeah, it's yeah. a great game. Yeah. Um, and it did a lot for gaming in general, just in terms of you know changing the way that games were approached. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. really kind of yeah. leaning into story heavy game as opposed to you know beat 'em ups or racing sims or right. you know action shooters. Um, they went all in on that game, and it's amazing yep. for sure. Um, mm-hmm. 
I do think more people need to play other Final Fantasies, though. Oh, I, I agree. think the, the 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 fact that each game is a different experience, not just because of the story, but even the way that it plays, I think is very important in terms of understanding how this series has lived as long as it has, because it, right. it finds new ways to reinvent itself every couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like that you said that you should play each Final Fantasy game because each game is different. Mm-hmm. And it just brings me back to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, where it's like each part of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is a different story. Right. How do you feel about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Are you a fan? Uh, here's the thing. I have had no time to watch that show, but I know so much about it because so many of my friends have. Um, it's, it's, I'm absolutely excited to hear about it. I've, I've, I wish I had more free time because you get to a point where it's kind of like, if it's, the, if it's a one series show of like 13 episodes, I can make time yeah. for that. Right. When it yeah. is like five seasons of, 30 plus episodes. That's when I start going, how am I going to make time to watch 150 yeah, episodes? Tough. Yeah. I think it you also know. depends when you started. So like the big argument yeah. Yeah. for one piece is, you know, how long it is. But for me, mm-hmm. I've been watching it for 15 years. Right. Yeah, so too. it's not me as too. long as you would think for a guy that's been watching it for 15. Yeah. Years. You know what I mean? When you, yeah. when you have the option to watch it as it's coming out, it's spread out over more time. For so sure. it doesn't feel like, exactly. you, like it's, it's not as daunting. Yeah, exactly. There's no such thing as binge watching One Piece. There's no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, not in surviving. You get not in surviving. Like, yeah, you, you need just a get zombie a apocalypse and a lot of you know. <laughs> you you need to be you need to have pizza on demand. You need yeah. the chair needs to have a built-in toilet. Yeah, it and has pillows to be a in the back. Storm. And yeah, right. Yes, sir. Now, yep. I don't want to just uh, cruise on past you know your journey to learning voice mm-hmm. acting and stuff because you mentioned yeah. Christina V, who I'm personally a huge fan of i've we've tried to land her on the podcast so i mean if you could put in the word for your boy and get her on (laughs) you know i would absolutely love it because she is incredible i love what she does and you know most people know her from as ladybug you know kid wise yeah she's ladybug yeah yeah yeah. and marvelous but she's been in so much stuff she's Mm -hmm. incredible what is it like to learn from somebody who's like been there done it there's pretty much nothing that they haven't done in that particular realm. Uh, well, Christina was m- maybe about two or three years ahead of me as far as experience went. So mm-hmm. she was very much kind of still in that learning phase as mm-hmm. well when we first started talking. Um, and I, I, so she gave me a lot of the things I needed to get started, like where I could find work, you know, right. what kinds of options there were. Because before talking with her, you know, I didn't know that people got mm-hmm. paid to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess somewhere in my head, I knew it was yeah. a job, but you know, you don't ever hear about voice actors or at least you didn't in 2006. Um, so, you know, it was just one of those things where I didn't know where to look until, until speaking with her. Um, so as far as Christina's concerned, a lot of what I learned from her, I learned from watching her um, just from the moves that she was making in her career, you know, the, the, the different approaches she had to different styles of acting and, and how that might change from project to project, how she approached uh, character work. Um, we, we talked a lot uh, in those early years about just in general, the, the process and how, you know, getting into the mindset of your character in voiceover is, is so much different than it is on stage. Um, yeah. You know, you can still embody your character. You can still physicalize your character, even though no one's going to see it. Um, that's yeah. something that, 
I learned from her really early on and that I've always kept. You know, a lot of times people who are just starting out feel a little uncomfortable in front of a microphone. So they'll be standing, you know, perfectly straight with their hands on their light or something like that. And now you're trying to act from here when in reality, you know, people don't move that way. So mm. it's okay to physicalize in the booth mm -hmm. that will affect the way that you sound and oftentimes to your benefit. Interesting. Um, yeah, because that was when, something that I learned from her. When you say that, it makes me think of Robin Williams as the genie in Aladdin when they would show those scenes of him in the booth. And he, he, would he just took be it all to all over the place. Just, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? That was just him. <laughs> I've heard stories about him, uh, him and Gilbert Godfrey both being. Mm so big in the booth that uh -huh. the engineers were worried about the equipment. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Gilbert, wow. I wanted to ask you, like, how was it the first time that you stepped into the booth? Because I know like you kind of gave like a little bit right there where it's just like, you know, your first time getting into it, but like, how was it for you when you first stepped in there? And what was the first project that you did voiceover work for as well? My very first project voiceover wise um i actually recorded from home so it didn't really have a a booth experience I, I was part of a radio play called genesis avalon um and i played a character named martin alvers who basically just sounded like me but always sort of agitated he just wasn't mm -hmm. wasn't a super nice guy gets possessed by a demon so i got to play a demon which was really fun um very freeing uh freeing rather uh shout out to kat and Kristen. thank you guys um but my first, I guess, in-studio project was a Walla session. Uh, I want to say the... Uh, I think Squid Girl was the first one. Yeah, I think it was Squid Girl. Um, where it was me and, and four other people that I had already taken classes with. So, um, you know, we stepped in and it was, it was kind of like hanging out with your friends and occasionally a dude behind a glass pane would say, hey, talk about this kind of stuff. Go. And... Again, you know, I got my start in improv. So a lot of that was just really easy for me was just being able to be like, okay, in this scene, you guys are all sitting at a table at a restaurant. Uh, just be talking about the beach, you know, maybe order some food, just have fun with it um, and go. And we would, we would just go. You'd start a scene with maybe somebody else in the group with you or you'd just say something and hope that someone would pick up on it and then address you and say, oh, you're, not, you're right, yeah. Oh man, that rice was so good. Yeah, it really was. And like, you kind of just create these scenes um, that no one will ever hear because it's all mixed down in the background. But um, you know, there's, there's acting in there. Um, right. yeah. Walla mm -hmm. is some of the most fun you can have in the booth because uh, it's one of the few times you're not by yourself. Yeah. Now, Mark, um, I want to piggyback. I got a question for you. Yeah. Was there ever a hardest role for you to get into character? And was there an easiest role to get into character? The hardest one so far okay. was probably Ren Koha. Um, mm. Ren okay. Koha is a very interesting character because he is sort of, he, he's the youngest brother of his family. Mm -hmm. um, so he's, he's relatively on the younger side, but he also travels with women all the time and, and, and has this sort of, this duality thing going on where he kind of, he treats them well as far as they are concerned. Right. But also he like, if you haven't seen the show, this is going to sound really bad, but like, he, you know, he'll, he'll slap them lightly and they'll, they'll say, Oh yes, give us more. And like him to treat them this way. Mm. Um, and that was his introduction. Like he comes mm. in, uh, he's very maniacal. He goes on like a, a killing spree of a bunch of bandits who are attacking their wagon Mm -hmm. And and that was my introduction to the character as well as everybody else's. Wow. 
Interesting. Um, and that was really hard to just jump into, especially yeah. at that point in my career where, you know, I had yeah. done a lot of kids shows. So a lot of what I had done was you know, really happy people who are just excited to be everywhere all the time. And then you jump to Koha, who's just like, you guys are pissing me off. Can we hurry this up? And then like murdering them and laughing maniacally. And then he goes and after that, he starts slapping people and they start fawning over him. And mm. there's like off screen sexy times. And you're just like, I, <laughs> this is, we've been recording for 20 minutes and I've just run through like eight different, <laughs> you know, wow. yeah. mental yeah. states. So that's interesting to think about jumping into a role with no lead up. Really? Mm -hmm. That's just, that is interesting to think about. And what about a, a easiest role? Is there one you were fond of so far in your career? Well, I'm fond of all of them. Uh, yeah. You're not going to catch me with that one. No. Uh, <laughs> um, you trying to catch me slipping. As, as far as easiest, uh, I would say there is a character that I'm doing right now okay. that I can't talk about yet. Okay. Um, but he is about as close to me as a person as any character I've ever played right. is. Um, so it, it really was like we, we did one session and uh, we hummed and hawed about the character for a while. And finally, the director was like, just talk. Just, just be you. Just talk. Oh, wow. and I was like, okay. Um, and that ended up being perfect for the character. So nice. the next time we jumped in, I remember asking him, I was like, can you play back uh, what we did for the first, you know, the first uh, session? Because it had been a while. I yeah. couldn't remember. Um, and he played it back. And I was like, oh, that, that's just me. Okay, cool. Let's go. Um, yeah. Just jump nice. right back into it. So, um, that should be should be able to announce that pretty soon. Actually, I'm very excited about that. All nice. right, all right. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I was gonna ask. So, with some of the roles that you've done, did you ever like read the manga or watch the anime beforehand before auditioning for the role, or were there just times where it's just like you just saw this and was just like, okay, I want to audition for this role because I've heard like. I've heard good things about it from word of mouth or whatnot. Well, re realistically speaking, I don't think there's ever been a role that I chose to audition for. Right. Um, mm. if, if there's been an audition, someone sent it to me. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of times that is how I find out about things nowadays. Uh, there's just, there's so much that you just, you don't have really a whole lot of time. Yeah. Um, but I will say that, uh, I did, I was, I, uh, a friend of mine reached out to me to play uh, Black Panther in uh, a short little, uh, it's called Marvel TLDR. Mm -hmm. um, it's a, about a three, three and a half minute video uh, that Marvel produced to introduce the Black Panther just before the movie came out. Yeah. Um, and mm. I was already a fan of Black Panther when they asked me to read for that. Um, yeah. And so that, that was pretty exciting for me because, you know, I, you might not be able to see him over there. He's kind of. He fell over. Uh, he's behind <laughs> Len. Just, just over there, right by the gold statue. He's I face down. I can see, I can see, I can see yeah. him in the background. Uh, <laughs> That's a little embarrassing. Uh, but <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was a, a fan of Black Panther. I was super excited about the movie, and they approached me to read for this, and I, I lost my mind. Um, don't tell them I said that. I was right. super <laughs> professional about it, and I, I approached yeah. it like I would any other right. project or role. Yeah. Obviously, but in general, I, I, you know, anything that I get the opportunity to read for, if there, if there is already existing uh, content or information, yeah. um, I will, I will seek it out. Um, nowadays, a lot more frequently, um, someone kind of goes, "Hey, we're booking you for this time on this show. 
uh, if I even get that. Sometimes it's just we're booking you for this time. Yeah. Um, so if I get the name of the show and I have enough time beforehand, I might look into what the show is mm-hmm. and try and get familiar with at least the setting in the world. Um, yeah. If I don't even have that, I don't know what I'm doing until I step in the booth. Um, wow. So after that first session, then I will go and do research and see what it is I'm doing. There have been a few times where, you know, um, Fire Force was like this. Um, I was asked to audition for Karin in Fire Force. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was after the first season had already aired. Right. Um, and I the first season. So when, <laughs> when I got that phone call, I, I was extremely excited. Mm-hmm. Extremely yeah. excited. Um, and still kind of blows my mind that I even am part of that show. There's a lot, there's a lot about that show in the behind the scenes. That's really unique and interesting to fire force. Um, you know, <clears throat> whether you want to talk about, uh, David productions being part of, of their animation, uh, department and they're, they're being the first black owned animation studio in Japan. Right. Um, to, you know, I, I had the opportunity to share a scene with uh, Zeno Robinson, who we'd been talking for at least a year before that. We were like, we're going to be in something together. It's going nice. to happen. We're going to make it happen. And it happened in, you know, very briefly, but we were, we're on screen together. We have a shot of both of our characters on the screen right. at the same time. And that was really exciting. I called him right away. I was like, dude, he was like, dude, so there's a lot of fun, <laughs> like behind the scenes stuff with that. Yeah. With that show for me. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, Zeno is uh, somebody like I've slid in his DMs before too. I've been trying to get him on the podcast ever since I heard him Easy, as Hawks in My Hero Academia. Yeah. I'm a huge My Hero mm-hmm. fan, so uh, I'm gonna keep trying. Like yeah. I always say, <laughs> you just mm-hmm. keep on. They either yeah. gonna say yes, they are gonna say no, or they not gonna see it at all. So uh, right, you know, and and you know, uh, this is this is probably true of Christina too. Like you get to a point where, <clears throat> excuse me, you probably have. You know, if once you have thirty thousand followers, you're a public figure. You probably have a lot of people DMing you. Oh, all for the time. sure. So stuff gets missed. Yeah. Sometimes you just have your DMs off. You're just like, I can't deal with this right now. Um, I know people get a lot of hate sometimes in their DMs too. And if, yeah. if that builds up too much, they might just stop looking at them yep. all together. Right. So, probably. You know. Yeah. Because yep. I know um, we had a, a voice actor, Christopher Dontrell Piper. He Chris, yes, yeah, I love that man. Hey, you know, hey, hey he's an incredible cool, guy. Cool guy. He's amazing. Incredible guy. Yes. Also, and a fantastic Shakespearean actor too. Yeah, so he's, hey, he's awesome. Yes, we've we, seen his videos. Yeah, man. we talked about it's that like, a little bit. He was talking about when he voiced Dispo on Dragon mm-hmm. Ball Super, mm-hmm. and when I heard his voice, like, I, like I told Trav, this was what year one when we started the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And one. I was just like, I, I was just like, bro, we got to have him on the podcast, man. Like, <laughs> I, I love his voice, and I slid in his DMs, and he was just like, let's set something up, and he talked about how on in social media land how like there were people that were coming at him because there was a black man voice in dipspo and mm-hmm. uh it's like some people it's like they have in their heads like how a character is supposed to sound and it's just it's it's kind of messed up that people you know will come at a voice actor and will attack them just because they feel like that this person shouldn't be voicing the character or yeah. they don't think that this person uh sounds like how the character should sound I don't know if you watch Attack on Titan, but mm-hmm. it happened with the one actress who voices, I'm mad I can't remember her name, but the girl who killed, I'm not going to say her name. Spoilers. For people who, yeah, spoilers. <laughs> who haven't watched it. I already got in trouble. I already got in trouble on the My Hair Academia reaction video. Yeah. When I <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like they were coming after her and it's just mm-hmm. like, yo, like she's just, she's just playing the role. Like yeah, she, I don't, that's I don't the get thing. It. There's, there's, it, it's, it's twofold because I think, 
the the anonymity and the accessibility of the internet is in a state now where people are just so easy to connect to. Yeah. Um, without you necessarily having to divulge your life story to them, um, especially public figures and and celebrities. Um, I hesitate to call most voice actors celebrities. I think most of them would agree with me in that regard as well. But at least as as somebody who has a public presence, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and in the arts field and in entertainment, you you really want to be able to reach out to fans. A lot of us are fans of the medium um, and anime in general. Um, those who are working in anime, a lot of us are fans of anime. So yeah. we are super excited about everything that comes out and every opportunity that we have to be in something, we're stoked. You know, the the one thing that we want is to make fans proud. Yeah. Um, and so when you couple that with that anonymity online, when people feel comfortable just reaching out and speaking their mind, sometimes they forget that they're talking to another person when they're talking to yeah. a public figure. And so yeah. they'll come at you in your DMs, you know, talking about how they hate what you do. Meanwhile, you know, the only thing you want is for people to like what you do. Yeah. So that's yep. the last thing you want to hear. Um, yep. I know exactly. a lot of people, especially over the last year, because everyone's at home and they're all, all the time. Yeah. Um, they'll, they'll jump online and, and let people know how they feel. And, uh, and a lot of us actors are like, we're just, we're just trying to create, man. We're trying to be, we're, we're trying to live up to fans' expectations. And we feel at our worst when those expectations are, people come at us and tell them, tell us that those expectations weren't met. Right. It's really tough to swallow. It's really yeah. hard to deal with. Um, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't ever want to tell anybody not to have their opinions. Um, but like, just remember that we're all people too. You know, we may have a really awesome job that we're fortunate enough to do. Um, we may, you know, really get to celebrate and enjoy the, the, the stuff that we get to create on but we are still people um, yeah. and we do care a lot yeah. about what we do. Um, being an actor is about vulnerability and being yeah. really emotional and true to your emotions. So, you know, some of the things that we have to do in the booth just to get the performance out already mess with our heads enough uh, to then come home to eight DMS on Twitter telling us we suck. It, it, it's yeah. Yeah. it would not make great. you want to turn so, them off. <laughs> I mean, I don't I mean, want to listen to that. Exactly. I mean, exactly. in a way, it could kind of, uh, you know, make you not even want to do it anymore because it's like it already takes a lot of time and energy to do this and to make sure that uh, your voice is perfect so that way that you can get in the booth and record without messing up and whatnot. As it's like me, I, like, I'm a professional wrestler. And Are you really? Yes. Nice. Dude. Yes. Thank you. And, um, you know, luckily... In my career, like I've never had anybody say, hey, you suck, but I've heard stories <laughs> and seen like, you know, it's a difference between saying like, you know, you suck because early on in my career, like I was a, I was a heel, I was the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're I, supposed I, to hate you in that right, situation. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. then you still have people that are just like, no, like you suck, like you're trash, like you're garbage in the ring. Because you you see like people like, no, this guy can't wrestle. And it's just like, well, mm-hmm. you're just a fan. Like, how about you get into you the ring and you, and you try <laughs> yeah. and see and like me, like I've, I'm the type of person where it's just like, if somebody comes at me sideways, I'm going to say something to them. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, a lot of people, they don't, they don't, you know, act like that. And that's, and it's nothing wrong if they, if they don't act like that way, or, you know, they don't talk back to fans because it's like, they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, but I totally well, and understand. Sometimes it's also you, you don't know 
you know, especially in a public space, you know, you don't know who's going to screenshot your, your exactly. tweet and blow it up. Yeah. And next thing you know, you don't ever work again. Yeah. You know, cause someone doesn't see all the context of what was going on. Exactly, um, man. I, like I know that there was this one situation um, because I was on a, I'm still on a fitness journey, but um, you know, I used to be over 400 pounds and I ended up losing 200 pounds just from working out of the gym. Thank you. And you know, I have, I have loose skin and I was wrestling at this show and like there were these kids there and they were, uh, it was only one of them. Like, and he was making fun of my, uh, my underarm skin. And so like some of my friends that were there, they told me about it. And I confronted this kid after the show. And I remember the <laughs> um, owner of the company, like, they was just like, like, did you really have to scream at that kid and yell at him like that? And I was just like, yeah, I needed to put him in this place because I wanted to set an example, not only to him, but to his friends that were laughing at me that it's like, you shouldn't do that to people. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, I'm very strong when it comes to body positivity and whatnot. I, I believe that everybody is beautiful. And it's just like, you know, if somebody is different than you, it's like, you shouldn't joke them or make fun of them. Cause it's like, you don't know what that person's path has been or what right. their journey what has been like. Yeah, you know, you know, you don't know what they're going through. And yeah, I remember it's like the kid, he apologized to me afterwards and whatnot. And you know, some of the adults that were there, they was just like, you know, you did good by coming at him like that. Cause like, he was the, he was the leader of the pack. You know what I'm saying? Right. He was yeah. always the loudest right. one. And like, sometimes people, they need somebody to get That's in right. their face. And you could have changed his life right there in that moment. My yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know what That's I'm saying? That's one of those so, things I, I always, that reminds me a lot about like what happened with Chadwick Boseman uh -huh. when everyone was talking about what he looked like at a baseball game or something. Right. Yeah. And, you know, now knowing oh, yeah, what he was dealing with, he it was like, yeah. guys, like, if not, if, if this doesn't tell you that what you were doing is misguided, I don't know what will. Yeah. yeah. You know, yep. you made fun of him for the thing that killed him. Yeah. Yep. And you didn't know what he was you going know. through. I yeah. mean, that's just like people were prying at him when he passed away. And, you know, his family wanted to keep everything private. And it's like, mm -hmm. dude, he passed away. Like. That's enough. Put some respect on his name. Like, yeah. come yeah. on now. It's just crazy how so, so many people in the world can be, um, like, desensitized, I guess, to it's some that, capacity. It's, is. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's that barrier of the internet that I was talking about. You know, you don't have, first of all, there's no personal connection to what's going on. Right. When you can look up news that's going on in, you know, the other side of the world instantaneously, you know, our brains don't have a way of separating that from, you know, reading a book. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it's hard to make the connection that what you're reading, something that is really happening when it's not, you know, immediately around you. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why that this has become such a big problem is that, you know, information is so accessible so quickly mm -hmm. that we as humans have not evolved a way of processing that information in, in as personal a way as we do things that occur around us or to us. Yeah. Yeah. Or people are so worried about just breaking news, really. You know, no, they that don't take too, the, being it's first. A, I think it's a lot. Yeah. Being first and not taking the time to actually digest what you just read. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. just digest it. People don't sit back anymore and just kind of like absorb anything. It's not reading a paper. Right. It's like, it's got to be immediate. I got to break this. And I think that's part of the problem. Mm -hmm. yeah, unfortunately it's not yeah. cool I, that's all why news is not good news i think so. i think that's why they didn't they try and change some of the laws when tmz broke the news on kobe and his wife didn't even know yet they were like yeah. okay this is enough i think that's still point. in the courts yeah yeah where they were just like yeah. i this has gone on too far now like 
Yeah. You know, and how they yep. find it out before they find it out is mind blowing anyways. You know what I mean? So paparazzi, bro. Well, if you yeah, got, paparazzi. if you got a team of paparazzi. 20 people driving around the streets at all times with cameras on ready to record something, I mean, yeah, only a matter of time before they find something before, you know, a loved one does. Yeah. And it's, Yep. Yeah. No, oh, I understand that people are trying to make a living, but I think it's important that as a society we decide that, that is not okay. Yeah. And we need yeah. to find a new way to handle breaking news. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. Always, always let the family say something first. Like, don't like if it's not out there. If you haven't seen anything, then just hold hold your horses, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I believe it was Kenya Barris. I believe that's his name. Where he was on the Breakfast Club and he was talking about how him and his wife, they were going through a divorce and they didn't put it out there in the public, but somebody found out about it and they put it out there. Oh, I think it was TMZ. They put it out there and their da- their oldest daughter, she didn't even know about it. So yeah. she found out that her parents were getting divorced from TMZ. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's crazy how the media and social media land can be where it's like people, they just want to <clears throat> break the news first, you know? Hey, guys, just wanted to drop some knowledge on y'all. A new uh, front of the podcast, Dewan O'Neill, has dropped his first novelization, Dear Dominic, a roadmap to his son, on Amazon. Grab your copy today. Uh, to reel it back into some <laughs> of the voice actors stuff, because yeah. it's like, I, I love to have, like, you Real know, conversations, stuff that's yeah. going on. Heart, yeah. A heart yeah. to heart talk. Yeah, heart to heart yeah, conversation. But, uh, but I, I wanted to ask you, because, like, how you were saying about, like, the audition process and, uh, you know, if you had already watched the stuff or not, um, you voiced mm-hmm. Gluttony and the Full Metal Alchemist live action movie. Now, were you already a fan of the Full Metal Alchemist series? I was. I had, I, uh, <laughs> I actually hadn't Brotherhood at that point. Mm. I watched it after uh, we recorded mm. that, but okay. um, I had watched all of the first series. Um, and I think one, the movie, the animated movie. Uh, no, what was one? it called? Um, gosh, I cannot there's remember. There's two of them. You got the star Amiibos. Something, uh, is it something of Shambhala? Uh, yeah, Conqueror of Shambhala yeah. is the brother. Conqueror of Shambhala. Yeah. That okay. was the one. Yeah, that was the one that I had seen. Um, and then all of the, all of the, the first series. Um, so I, that was another example when, um, they were like, Hey, we need you to come in to record for this thing. Didn't tell me what it was. Didn't tell me who I was playing until I got there. Yeah. Um, I think they were worried a lot about NDAs on that project in particular. So, Mm -hmm. um, I walked in and they told me I was playing gluttony and I, I just about fell over. Was this Um, before the actual, even the Japanese version came out? Did y'all dub this before? I don't actually remember the timeline on that. Okay. Some somebody with faster hands on the keyboard is going to have to check that one. I I don't remember when. I know it had been announced already, but I don't right. remember yeah. if it was out yet or not. Yeah, because I believe it came out in Japan, and then it was announced on Netflix that it was coming over here, but it was only going to be sub though. Mm-hmm. And then the dub came out like out, like way later after the sub version. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't remember when we when we recorded it as far as you know right, where yeah, in the right. timeline that lines up. But yeah, no, that was that one was really interesting for me because it's it's he's a character type I don't play very often, um, so it was interesting to me that they they pulled me in to play that character uh, w- without auditioning me, and I you know it wasn't that's not a character most people would look at me or hear my reel and go yes let's bring him in for gluttony. <laughs> right. uh, so it was it was you know it was a really pleasant surprise. Um, I, I was stoked uh, about it. Still one of the, one of the most fun and weirdest recording sessions I've ever had. I think gluttony. I actually, I think that he fits 
for you in particular, just because he's such a, um, I don't know how you, he's, he's almost like a, a childish character in a way. Like he's always yeah. asking for permission. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a savage, but it's, it's the way he carries himself. It, I think it that is might've been the trick. Part, part of what makes him creepy is that childishness. Right. Um, exactly. It's very Majin like, Buu. You know, is it okay if I eat him? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah very yeah, similar yeah. to Majin mm-hmm. Buu. Yeah. Yeah. In, so, in the sense yeah. that you're like, you look at him and you go, this dude could destroy a town. Yeah, but, but he's, he's over asking. there mm-hmm. excitedly, you know, <laughs> chewing on a chew toy or something. Yeah, right. like challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so I always thought his uh his dynamic was always interesting to me. He was almost an exciting uh villain, all of the homunculus, actually, because yeah. they just the way they carried themselves is kind of like a weird little family. And he was yeah, always mm-hmm. like asking Lust, can I eat this yeah, guy? Yeah. Can I eat that? Yeah. And it was just it was cool, very simple. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think that's why and I just we, love Brotherhood we spent a lot, a lot of time recording eating noises. Yeah, right. man, Brotherhood is well done. So I mean, uh, we ain't gonna get into that, Trav, but that Brotherhood <laughs> brought it home. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark, yeah. Uh, qu- uh, question for you: We didn't talk a uh, super lot about your upbringing, but did you have a favorite hero or cartoon when you were growing up, and what was it? Give it to me. I had several. Uh, mm. I think like most kids, I went through a lot of phases. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely the Power Rangers, definitely Spider-Man, Classic. definitely Static. Um, I remember Spider-Man was interesting for me because I was a big fan of Spider-Man mm-hmm. to the point where I was like, I want to be Spider-Man. Of course. And, yeah. And then, of course, you know, at the time, Spider-Man was white. Right. So it was yeah. kind of like, I'm... I can't be Spider-Man. And so I kind of fell out of that for a little while. And then mm. Miles showed up and I went, I could be Spider-Man. Yeah, <laughs> like, you can. So, um, yeah, it's uh, Spider-Man, Power Rangers, Static. Okay. Um, I was a big fan of the Animorphs for a while. Mm. Hey, um, okay. hey nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Bring it Mostly home, the books. The show was... <laughs> the show, yeah, the show was bad. Oof. It was I don't want to say bad. it was bad. It was, it was very much a sign of the times. Uh, yeah, I'll say if you it take it in, well. in context as to when it came out, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was very good. You have to keep it in context. Um, and yeah, it, also it was like had, right on par with Goosebumps, you know? Yeah, it also had our, our homie from X-Men in it. Who? Yeah, it had Iceman in it. Iceman. Sean Aston, is that his name? I don't know. Uh, I think no, you're Sean right. Oh, no, Sean Ashmore. Sean Ashmore. Ashmore. Yes. Yeah, because he was uh he was on uh which McCall. He was Jimmy, not Jimmy. Smallville. Smallville. Wasn't it Jimmy? That is him. Yeah, it's yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. 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 Jimmy in, he has had a very good career. Yeah, yeah. He's yes. been in a lot of but, stuff. He's in a lot of stuff in our childhood. Yeah. But hold yeah, on man. real quick, because he has a twin brother. And does remember, he really have a twin brother? It, uh, yeah, he has a tw- that yeah, is he has a, What's his name? I can't remember what his brother's name is, but I'm trying to remember. he's been in a lot of stuff too. Yeah, and interesting. It's, it's, it's funny because it's like people would see his twin brother and would mm-hmm. think that it was him because mm-hmm. on one of the episodes of Animorphs where he was talking to himself, he was talking to his twin brother. Yeah, right. Yeah. I remember reading about That's that wild. because at the time we were like, ah, oh, how they do this is such a good exactly. trick. And then like yeah. the, the news broke <laughs> that it was like his twin and I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's wild. Okay. So, uh, Hmm. Trying to think. I was a huge Digimon fan. I don't know if that counts. Hey, it always counts. Huge Digimon fan. Mm. Still am. Like it more than Pokemon? Sorry? Did you like it more than Pokemon? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what I, I love to hear. Hey, you don't, hey, you I don't like have both, to hide it. You know? Yeah, you don't have to hide it here. You don't have to hide it. 
it's not so much about hiding it. It's that like, you know, like I said, phases, right? So yeah. there, there was a time period where I was like, yeah, Digimon is greater than Pokemon, blah, 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 blah. There were other times where I was like, Pokemon's the greatest thing that was ever made. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I had both trading card games. I watched mm-hmm. both shows, you know. Um, I think I think Digimon had better music. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, oh, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And they had oh, the better yeah. intro. I like, I like both of them, yeah. but definitely a big Digimon. Yeah, you can only ride with that guy to uh, catch them all for so long. <laughs> right. Digimon. Yeah, well, they, they did release the To Be a Master CD, which I had. I remember right? that. Yeah. Um, I a lot of good too. songs on there, but none of them. They, I think they kind of got like sprinkled in in like the Pokemon, whatever series that Pokemon 2000 was set in with like Tracy. Uh, and, Johto? Was it Johto? Yeah. It, was Johto. No, yeah. Yeah. it had some of those songs yeah. sprinkled in in Johto, but. Yeah. It wasn't quite the same as like the songs yeah. in Digimon, which were just like they got like legit bands to oh, sing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, now Mark. Nothing, oh yeah, nothing beats the Digi rap from the Digimon movie. <laughs> Here's nothing beats it. <laughs> nothing. I have some friends who will hate me for saying this. I think the Uh-oh. poker rap is better than the Digimon rap. Both are very, very fun. Uh, I think the Pokemon rap is more unique and more. Uh, creative in terms of having to make like all the names fit in a certain flow sure, and making yeah, yeah. Yeah. rhyme and all that. You know, the Digimon rap is fun, but like, yeah, it's pretty basic as far as lyrics go, man. Like, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. You know, it's similar to um, the Dragon Ball GT rap. Yeah. Like, it's just, no, the, ge- it's just, the GT uh, rap is Like, it's garbage. good, but like, <laughs> no, I am it, not. It's a good, fan but of that we GT can do intro. better, you know? Yeah. Especially when you listen to the uh, the Japanese intro and you're just like, man, this is way better. Like, why did they try to introduce us to rap with GT instead of just because going... it's for kids? Yeah, <laughs> you have to you have to make things popular if it's for kids. Well, and true. you got to think every four kids theme song was a rap. You know, one yeah, that's well, true. One piece. Yeah, those yeah. were all, and, and and no no joke. Like they put legit like production into. Those oh no, songs. they put money like, into it. They're f- all oh, yeah. fire tracks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one piece? That mm-hmm. one piece rap is woo. And the only thing I hate is the changing of the names. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's a different oh, discussion. Yeah. So usually when me and D, when we talk on the phone, we always sing the four kids one piece song. And we just learned that it's not gotta go. It's Yayo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Yayo. Yayo. Hey, the whole time I thought it was gotta go. Yeah, For yeah. so many years. It's funny how we we, you know, it's you think about when that came out and then actually finding it out and like revisiting it. Uh-huh. I mean, that was years ago. Right. So. But Mark, before we uh, slide off of, uh, you know, Digimon onto some other questions, who was your favorite Digimon? I got to ask. Oh man. Or at least who, who, who's your guy? Who was your guy? So I just put a post about this yesterday on my mm-hmm. Twitter because uh, I took a picture of my cat and everyone pointed out that I was using Digimon pillowcase. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that's like the old, oldest thing I own. I've had that since I was a kid. I commented on the pillowcase too. I was like, you know, you're never too old, man, to have these amazing pillowcases. <laughs> Listen, there's some things you just can't part with. Nope. But um, yeah, if, if I were to pick a Digimon like line that I wanted to be my partner, it would mm-hmm. be the Lopmon family. So like... Mm. Uh, Lopmon and Telamon is one of my favorite Digimon, period. Like, come on, it's a giant bunny with axes for hands? Like, that's <laughs> right. awesome. Yeah, it's um, kind of badass. So, yeah, I, w- I would have to go with Lopmon. All right. And, All right. and the subsequent Digivolutions. Nice. Okay. Trav? Yeah. I, did you have any questions? I, 
Oh, go ahead, Trav. Not ahead. regarding Digimon. Yeah, sorry, you know, sorry, I was ready to. No, I no, hope, no, no, I hope no, you no, no. ask oh, what done, I think man. you is. No, no. What? <laughs> so, because I was gonna, I was gonna transition this to Trav. Like I was gonna alley oop it to him because okay. you know Trav, he does have the ear. He's our music guy. And Mark, I know that you do some DJing and electronic music and whatnot. So yeah, I wanted to let Trav take it away with this because he, like I said, he's our music guy. I haven't heard anything. I didn't even know about this. I, I missed that part of the uh-huh. information. Hey, hey, I tried to do my research, man. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, Mark, when did you start getting into DJing and music? Have you always had an ear of your own or? Uh, I, I, I absolutely live my life trying not to sound super conceited. No, it's um, fine. But I have always had a pretty good ear for music. Okay. Um, I, I took piano lessons when I was a kid. Mm. Um, and kind of stopped taking them because my dad and I used to get into fights all the time because I wanted to play piano when I wanted to play piano, but piano yeah. lessons required that I practiced a certain amount of hours every week. Oh yeah. And so like, I wouldn't want to practice when I needed to, but then like a song would come on on the radio and I'd run to the piano and figure it out on the piano. And so he, I know this was a point of consternation for him. Cause he was like, you were so good at this. Why won't you practice? And I was like, I don't want to play Fury Elise. I want to play Lincoln Park. Um, so, uh, but then I, I, I joined band in middle school. So uh, mm-hmm. I started on the bass clarinet. And then nice. in eighth grade, I, my dad bought me a clarinet. So I played regular clarinet as well. Um, started taking piano again for a little while in high school. Um, and then for a little bit in college, hopped um, about six years ago now. Um, I started learning guitar, mm. um, so I now have three guitars. Nice. Um, that's that's how they get you. Yeah. It's like you start with one, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you have twelve. Um, but yeah, so I've I've had a, a pretty pretty involved relationship with music most of my life. Um, one of my earliest memories is uh, a song that I wrote with my older sister. Uh, <laughs> this is like the kind of thing that only kids do. So my dad had an electronic keyboard that had a demo song on it. And so we wrote a song, we wrote lyrics to this demo song based on uh, Tekken 2. So we had had lyrics based on like the ending videos for the Tekken 2 character. Um, (laughs) That's like one of the earliest memories I actually have. I I must have been like seven, maybe. Uh, Um, I wish my dad had recorded it. I don't think we have any recordings of it, but I... That was, you know, so that was that was my childhood. So yeah, a lot, a lot of music. Um, as far as DJing is is involved, I started technically DJing in my senior year of high school. I um, this was at a time when, you know, a lot of things were shifting digital for the first time. Uh-huh. Um, so you were getting programs that would allow you to arrange tracks into a right. playlist, and you could edit transitions between them and burn it all onto a CD. Um, so I used to make mix CDs where I would spend a lot of time trying to get those transitions to line up and sound good. Um, and with very limited you know, technology at the time, they're not great. Um, but I was super stoked about it and it, it, it kind of piqued my interest. Um, I got very good at doing things that uh, you probably shouldn't have been able to do with the cheap materials that I had. I remember I had a, a $100 MP3 mixer uh, that used to blue screen my computer all the time um but like you i would be like 45 minutes into a mix and it would blue screen 
and I'd groan and boot it back up and start the mix over and play all the same songs again and try and hit those same transitions again, just so I had a recording of all of, of having it all the way yeah. through. Um, I did that for a few months and then submitted one of those mixes as a demo to an online radio station um, called Cranky Digital. They were based in Australia and um, really getting into electronic music at this point. Um, so I had kind of breached into the trance world in terms of the kind of music that I really liked to listen to and like to mix. Yeah. So now, now you're speaking my language, man. Here. <laughs> Here. So I submitted this transmix to Cranky Digital. They were like, yeah, this is really good. We want you to, to, to join our, our radio station. So I started streaming in 2008, mm-hmm. I think, um, to, their, to their station. And it, this, you have to understand, this was very different from like now where people have like Twitch and streaming is, is pretty easy. Right. You had to like piggyback off of a proxy website into their servers, which then other people had to then log into to hear you. Yeah. Um, all the quality was really crap. I think really we were probably crappy. broadcasting at like 96 kilobits mm-hmm. per second or something. Mm-hmm. It was really not great. Um, that was how I wet my teeth with, with mixing. And uh, then I was on another internet radio station. And then I went to a meetup of DJs in LA and ended up meeting someone who became my manager for three years. Um, and so I started DJing at clubs. Uh, I, I did like um, club circus in LA. Now, what are you uh, rocking? A lot of boat parties and private parties. What are you rocking? What am I You're rocking? rocking? Like a, yeah, like a CDJ or, you know, the Pioneer mm-hmm. CDJ. I told you, I, I got good at making making do with what I had. Okay. I s- still have a Newmark Mixtrack oh, Pro. And this uh-huh. was like their first <laughs> model. It's like under my bed somewhere. I actually, I've not, I haven't really DJed uh, the last couple of years. There's not really been much time uh, or call for it uh, especially in the last year oh yeah um since your only option is to do it online and dmca is like vicious right now so mm-hmm. um but yeah i i most of the time i was my manager would uh lug around his own equipment for me to dj on uh so i had my cds and i would come in with all my cds and yep. use his equipment and our our we we made this whole promotion group and the whole the whole thing was we would provide a guest list we would provide the dj we would provide lighting we would do setup we would do you know advertisement we do all this stuff as a package um and so we did quite a few quite a few gigs and events um that way um and then voiceover really started picking up for me um and it got to a point where i kind of was you know i was spending 80 hours a week working on music stuff in terms of just getting you know mixes together because i was doing three shows a week at that point as well as any gigs that came up so I was constantly spending time working on music, listening to stuff, making sure I knew where all my cue points were. And, and I think people kind of underestimate how much work goes into being a DJ. It's a mm-hmm. lot of preparation um, and spending a bunch of money to buy songs um, and voiceover was picking up. And I was like, I got it. I have to choose. I have one. The other is going to have to be a hobby. What's it going to be? Um, and I chose voiceover. So um, I still, you know, produce music on my, on, on the side, on my own. Um, not nearly as active as I was like seven years ago. I think 2013, 2014 were like my most active years in terms of releasing remixes and, and uh, original music. Uh, occasionally, uh, I've made some pieces for, for some games. Uh, most of them never came out, but they're, one, of, one of my remixes is in uh, a game called There Came an Echo, um, which was made by my friend Jason Wishnov and his team at Iridium Studios. They... Um, they there's it's a voice controlled like tactical action 
RPG kind of fusion mm. thing where basically you get on mic, you tell a unit to go somewhere and they'll oh, nice. go there. You tell them to fire, they'll fire. Um, very, very interesting game. And um, there's a level, I want to say it's level six, that if you get on the mics and you say activate Tesla-tronic remix, the, my remix of that level's theme will start playing. Nice. Um, that is Pretty to sweet. date the only game that has come out that actually has my music in it. I Everything like that, else has always fallen apart, but yeah, that's still yeah. a pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. I really... was stoked. Yeah. I was so stoked. It's yeah. a really uh, awesome feeling. I mean, because it's like you already do voiceover work, so it's like you hear your voice in all of these projects, but mm-hmm. to have something that you created, like your own music, and it's in a video game, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still yeah. waiting, still waiting like for one of those stages. days, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, like I said, you know, it's it's kind of more of a hobby for me now. So um, I I've always been better at playing than I have been at writing, mm-hmm. um, and and that's I think why I got so heavy into the remix scene. I did a lot of remixes because it's a lot of of taking the inspiration that you get from a song that you already heavily enjoy mm-hmm. and kind of kind of reinterpreting it and putting your own spin on it. Um, I always considered the the best thing that I could do. Um, as as a fan of music, as someone who has enjoyed someone's music, um, is to show that by you know putting my own spin on it. It's not about improving or you know it wasn't. It's not that it wasn't good enough. It's yeah, more yeah. that like you've inspired me by this piece so much that I have to also get it out in the world. There's tons of remixes that I enjoy more than the original. Like in particular, there's an artist named Cat Crazy. He's got a song called Siren. And Armin Van Buren has a remix of it. Oh, wow. It just blows the original out the water. Like, the original's good, but, man, that remix is fire. Armin man. is a magician. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Armin I mean, is a, absolutely a, a magician. Goat. There have been times when I've heard his stuff, and I was like, who, <laughs> who is this? It? And I look it up, I'm like, that's Armin? Yeah. Wait, I got how? To, I got to sit in on him doing a, um, like a master class, and he <sighs> built a whole production from scratch. I he was sick. The best thing I have that relates to that, I got to see Paul Van Dyke live at Monster Massive oh, that's uh, nasty. many, many years ago. That was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen because most DJs will come in with CDs and it's already a lot of work to mix songs together. Yeah. He would come in with two computers and three keyboards and just set it all up. And he'd have like some of the backing track and some of the transitions yeah, and stuff play set live. up on one of the computers and play live. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, was, it was amazing. Dash One Berlin date, does that like a lot too. The best too. live performance I've ever seen. Yeah, Dash Berlin yeah. does that a lot too. He'll play live. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think, um, I think, uh, oh God, why am I blanking on their name right now? Tritonal does oh, that. Oh, Tritonal does it too. Yeah, yeah. Again, I could talk mm-hmm. trance all day, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's trance family for life, man. So uh, I have one more question for you. And uh, then after that, we can go in and wrap this thing up. Sure. You know, I, I don't want to keep you any longer. No, you're tired of me. I got it. No, it's not <laughs> even that. <laughs> hey, we appreciate you, you know, coming up here and just letting us know about you and letting everybody, you know, yeah. your fans and our listeners, you know, know more about you. So, And I only sure. feel like we just scraped like the surface. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, of, like, the so many layers. I'm an onion for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to ask you, um, what advice would you give to anybody that would love to get into voice acting? Um, you'll probably hear it from everybody, but it's, it's big V, little A. The most important part of voice acting is the acting part. Um, there are a lot of people who think it's about either doing funny voices or doing impressions. 
those are skills that can absolutely come in handy in your career. But the most important part is the acting. I have booked more work off of just my voice and being able to act the character than I have on doing weird or wild or funny voices. Right. They're, they're still a lot of fun, but again, like the, the acting is the important part. So if you can taking a, take an acting class, whether it's in high school or at a community college or even at a community theater, if you just want to just jump in and get involved, um, improv for me was the most important piece of the puzzle as far as figuring out how to do what I do. Um, so much of this job, especially when you're starting out, because you're going to be doing a lot of Walla, um, so much of the job is just being able to come up with something really, really quick. You know, uh, hey, Mark, can you step up to the mic? We've got this creature we want to just grab a, a single line from for a second. Oh, yeah, sure. You step up to the mic and then they put on screen, you know, this image of something that looks like a cross between jello and a potato. And they go, yeah, uh, yeah so this creature, um, we'll take a look at it. Uh, looks like his line is, you'll never take me alive. Uh, let's just, uh, what, what, let's, let's see what that sounds like. And you have to just go. You have to immediately know, okay, uh, this jello potato, what's he going to sound like? How does he feel about this situation? You know, he's saying you're never going to take me alive. Is that actually what he's saying? Or are those only the words? Is there something behind that? How does he, you know, you know, so it, it may not necessarily be as involved as like write a five page paper on the history of this, you know, jello potato and what his life was like and how he feels about his sister. Like you may not need all of that in the moment, but being able to put yourself into the shoes of something that you've never experienced or never lived um, is extremely important. So definitely take acting classes and improv if you can. Those are, I think, the, bi the biggest things uh, for anybody who's interested in voiceover. Just remember that like, there's more to it than funny voices. Right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Because uh, it's like, I've always wanted to get into voice acting myself. So, mm -hmm. and you know, D he could tell you that like whenever we talk like i'm always doing you know very voices. animated yeah so uh i mean and i'll say that you know with me being a wrestler that that kind of plays a role into it so yeah well, thank you and and we'll we'll break a little bit of illusion here but like there's a lot of acting in wrestling exactly right. wrestling is the combination of gymnastics and acting like there's there's a lot of performance in that that not only requires athleticism, but also, you know, dedication to a character, yep. understanding and improvising in moments when you have to just come up with something that your character would do or say in the moment. Yep. Um, so that's a, that's a great, you know, place to start from. Well, uh, you know what, since we uh, were kind of ending this with wrestling, who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Uh, Rey Mysterio. Nice. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. nice. Yeah, so with that being said, Mark, I just want to say thank you for coming on to the podcast and yeah. talking with us. I really hope that, uh, you know, you'll return so we can. Yeah, if you guys want to have me yeah. back, I mean, you know what I mean? absolutely, this point. is a blast. Redemption. Redemption. <laughs> so, Mark um, Allen Jr. version two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so before we let you go, tell everybody in social media land where they can find Mr. Mark Allen Jr. Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at Mark Allen Jr., um, if you're interested at all, I do stream occasionally. You can find me on Twitch at Aeon Pro Tech Gaming, A-E-O-N Pro Tech Gaming. Um, sometimes I also talk about computer stuff there. Um, I'm also a, a storm chaser, so I talk about weather a lot sometimes. Holy crap. Um, if that interests you, I also <laughs> post about that on Twitter and stuff. Uh, I do a lot of things. Yeah. Um, also, uh, <laughs> my cat will kill me if I don't say this. My cat bunny has an Instagram. Uh, it is chonk. <laughs> for life chonk the number four yep. the word life um it's all just pictures of her people were like get an instagram i was like i'm not getting an instagram they're like get an instagram for your cat i was like oh, yeah. 
Yeah, we'll hey, put the, I mean, we'll put the plug on followers there. real fast. Yeah, we'll put the I'll plug put the, in. We'll put the plug in. Yeah, yeah. hey what a great guy i'm glad that we have mark on the podcast really great guy and i hope nothing but the best for him in his career in voice acting and his music career as well because like you said he's kind of you know put it on the back burner but uh i definitely want to check out some of his stuff oh yeah yeah what a a great guy especially if he's a trance head like me yeah, Trav was right at home. He wasn't smiling uh-huh. like Jason Mars then, but uh-huh. Trav was just like, yeah, now he's talking my language. Yeah. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's like it's like the meme. It's like the meme where it's just like this this mother spit. This yeah. ML spit. <laughs> I, like, I can't. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yes. hey, thank you everybody for listening to this episode. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. D, tell them where they can find you at a social media land. That's going to be rebellious double underscore D23 at Instagram.com. Try it. Hey, you know, there's only one place to find your boy right now, and that's at ZK Audio on the Instagram. And Young Benjamin Banks, where can they find you? You can find me, your hero, Benjamin Banks, at King Benji underscore Banks. You can find me on Facebook at Benjamin Banks. All you have to do is just type it in, and I should be the first person that pops up. If not, then I need to contact Mr. Zuckerberg. And make sure that you follow all of the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks social media accounts at Leveling Up Banks. We also have a Patreon. And if you're feeling generous and would love to donate to us, the Patreon is at Leveling Up Banks. And make sure that you check out all of our episodes of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks on any podcast streaming platform. And we have a YouTube. Just type in Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks and it'll pop right on up. And I believe that that's everything, right, Trev? That's right, baby. That ain't it's like we we have so we have so much stuff now. And I got to make sure that I I ask one of y'all is that everything. Oh yeah, I feel you, like we got it on the head, man. Nah, that's like it. That's it. Okay, that's that's it. it. Hey, hey, well, we got hey, him on the Patreon to help pay the light bill that we get. That's right. I, yeah, we need it. We need it. So <laughs> Keep uh, the yeah. lights on. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this brand new episode. And we'll be back next week with a new episode. Make sure you always check out our YouTube where we got video reviews and uh, all that other good stuff up there. So, uh, yeah, make sure that you always stay positive. Keep your pinky up and um, uh, eat some cereal and eat it with almond milk. Yeah. I don't know about that. That was terrible. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about it either, but it just felt right to say. So, yeah. I don't feel feel right to hear it. (laughs) No, it doesn't. (laughs) All right, everybody. Peace.